This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I am Kim Walker, and my cohort, Brian Walker, is not here today because it's an all-girls show. And so I'm super excited to have my dear friend, Tracy Capriota, with the Aftermarket Radio Network with us today. Say hello, Tracy. Hi, Kim. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited. So before we dig in, let me give a shout out to our sponsor and our friends, RepairPal. We want to thank them for sponsoring this podcast. They're bringing it right to you. So we were RepairPal customers when we were a shop owner, but they're the key that unlocks more business for your shop. So for more information, head over to repairpal.com forward slash shops. Okay, Tracy, have you been a guest on any other podcasts yet? Technically, I have been a small guest in some live recordings that Carmen and I have done at conferences as kind of just like the peanut gallery. And I was a small peanut gallery guest on Matt Fonslow's episode about The Godfather And that was also with CARM. So I'm really talking about podcasts outside of the network. No, you're the first one. My first podcast was last year when I came back from the Women in Auto Care Conference. And I really felt so inspired from that conference. I wanted to share my own experience for someone who has never attended Women in Auto Care. So I got on my computer. I recorded a monologue. It was just me. Originally, it was going to be me and Carm, kind of a little back and forth. But then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So I recorded my episode and I really thought it was just going to be something kind of fun. And he listened to it and said, we have to have this as its own standalone podcast. So we end up publishing it. And then at Apex last year, I actually received a award for the podcast that I did about women in auto care. So besides that though, Kim, this is the first time I've really had a one-on-one with someone. So I'm very honored that you wanted me to come on your podcast. I love that. You know, I'm going to have fun with you about this because you're so nervous. I know. I don't know why I'm so nervous. I have been sweating all day thinking about this. I don't know why. Oh, what are you worried? You don't know what you're worried about. I guess for me, I'm so used to being on the back end of things that for someone to invite me on and be a podcast guest is something very new to me. I don't know. I guess I'm hit a little bit with the imposter syndrome bug. And so I'm actually working with Carm to release an episode about imposter syndrome because I feel like that's something everyone feels in their life, no matter how confident you are. So I don't know. I've just been sweating a little bit because I know the record button is played and, <laughs> you know, it's it's not just you and I just hanging out, sitting uh, with some cocktails in our hands. So, oh, we should have done that. I know. I have water. I have water too. So the whole imposter syndrome, I didn't know we were going to go there, but we might as well sit there for a minute because we have experienced that not only Brian and I personally, but as we've grown Um, in our business and we've noticed it in our team members. 
and didn't realize that's really what it was until we just had like this aha moment. We actually hired this leadership development coach um, down in New Orleans, right? We're only about an hour from New Orleans. And we hired her to come into our like staff meeting. Uh, this was sometime last year, maybe in June or July. She did like a two-hour session with us that addressed how to attack that thing, how to get past it. I'll have to send you the information. Her name is Mary Jane Walsh. It was so good. And I know that it stuck because I was just having a mentoring meeting with one of our team members recently. And she herself said, you know, I pulled out a little bit of the tips that we got from Mary Jane. And I used that in my communication with one of our team members. So it's been quite a journey. So I'm I'm very curious to see when you guys get that recorded and and all that. And if you need people, we we have people because they've been through it and we trained on it and, and pushed through it. But it's definitely a very real thing. You know, what I've been learning a lot is as important it is working on your business, it's also so important to work on yourself. And I feel like a lot of people maybe don't put themselves as a priority. This past year and really my New Year's resolution is to really work on myself. That is something that's new to me also. Um, You know, I have this internal monologue that just does not shut off. You know, when you emailed me saying, hey, I would love you to be a guest on the podcast, I immediately thought, why? Really me? And so that's something that I am going to really work hard on with myself, especially with what I'm doing with audio. I'm so involved with audio that I'm the one listening and I'm the one editing. And so I have to also be comfortable with my own voice. And that's really what I'm trying to work on. So yes, immediately I thought, why would Kim want me as a guest? (laughs) Of all the people in the industry, I'm not sure. I'm going to answer that for you. Even though everybody listening, anyone that knows you totally gets it. They totally understand why I would have you on as a guest. I have so many questions for you because you're just really a very versatile, remarkable person. You're very charismatic. You came into this. We're going to talk about your transition into not only working with family, but working in this industry, working in the podcast world. But you bring a lot to the table. So don't let that internal monologue, um, dialogue that you're having take away from what you bring your presence in person is just, it's not like anything else. Like you're just so energetic and vibrant and fun. And when you you look at this side of things, right? I mean, everyone that follows what Carm has been doing saw the transition. When you came in, it really helped the whole network podcast, everything just expand. And you guys seem to work really, really well together. So don't, don't, don't at all discount yourself. So let those that don't know a little bit about Tracy before you joined your dad in the industry, in this podcasting world, what did you do? So I was in retail. During college, I worked for Topps Markets. It's a grocery chain here in Western New York. I worked in corporate as an intern. And then right after college, I became a sales rep 
for Nabisco Foods, which is Mondelez International. So that's your Triscuits, Oreos, Chips Ahoy, everyone's favorite. And I actually was a sales rep. I've started as a vacation rep. I ended up moving up to getting my own territory in Buffalo. I had about 13 grocery stores and also part-time merchandisers that I was managing. So I had that for a couple years and unfortunately they started downsizing and they based the downsizing off of seniority, unfortunately. And I was 22, fresh out of college. So I ended up leaving Nabisco Foods and I stayed with retail, shifted to retail in terms of um, home decor. So I became a manager at a local retail and a interior design shop in East Aurora, which is a suburb of Buffalo. And I was there for seven and a half years. So not knowing, but gaining so much customer experience, customer service, and building relationships with people and also managing part-time employees and managing the inventory. So I learned so many skills from both positions that I was in. Now, when I was working in retail at the home decor store, my dad was just starting to really expand the podcast and started adding more shows on. He was doing Aftermarket Weekly. He started doing Town Hall Academy. So he was getting really bogged down. And I said to him, hey, do you want some help? I can I can help you out. And you know, have this as kind of like a side gig. And he said, I would love that. That would be wonderful. So I started editing. He taught me how to edit and I would edit a couple shows a week. And I was doing that for, I would say, two to three years, uh, working in retail and then also kind of editing on the side. Looking back, it's been so amazing to see the journey that I've had with the podcast because there were so many times when I would be editing, I would come over to the house and visit my parents and I would say to him, okay, I have to see what this person looks like because I've been editing their voice and I have to see. <laughs> so that kind of was like our little fun thing. You'd, okay, I got to show you, you know, this person. And, you know, it's always interesting to see a face to a voice. So he was like jumping on Facebook or something to show you who they were? Facebook and the graphics. Um, because I was only working with the audio and he would show me the the show graphics and what this person looks like. And you know, I started to kind of get the feel for the automotive industry and some of the guests that were on. And then, you know, I, I really felt and I didn't know I felt it at the time that I didn't need a change and I wanted to grow more. You know, my dad kind of joked for years, I would love to have you on full time. I would love it. And I kind of just, okay, okay. And then we really seriously started to discuss what would that look like? If I transitioned to full time, what would my responsibilities be? What would my role in the company be? And would that fit in with where I thought I wanted to go, which really was, I have no idea. I stepped into the role full time and making that transition to being on board full-time, really diving into the podcast, and then going out in person to all these conferences and training events, it was full circle because these voices that I've been editing, and now I'm really a part of the podcast, and now I get to meet them in person, it really completed kind of the whole picture. 
when I was kind of doing my orientation with Carm and we would work closely together, I would go to my parents' house and work very closely with him to get on board. One of the first people I met on Zoom was actually you, Kim. Was it? Yes. (laughs) Carm had to have a call with you and he said, come on, come in here. And I really want you to meet him. You're going to love her. And so I took my little chair and sat next to him. And so you were actually one of the first couple of people I did meet after editing your voice as well. So it has been, like I said, a full circle. And I didn't even know that I was kind of making this journey. So it's so funny that you said that about doing all the audio and never having a face to that voice, because you know how you hear people say, oh, you you don't look at all like what I thought you would look like. You know how you envision what people look like? So um, it's funny. I just hadn't thought about that with you, with, with what you've been doing. The whole working with family thing, like somebody recently said, like, she's really young. Are they married? And I'm like, no, that's his daughter. <laughs> we get that all the time. And for people that are listening to this as an audio, so I am adopted. My brother and I are adopted from South Korea. Which there's a great story with that whole amazing thing. Yeah. Carm recently uh, released an episode on Remarkable Results Radio about the whole adoption story and the challenges of adopting. And then my brother and I getting over here. But you see me at a conference and I'm Asian and I have a name tag that says Tracy Capriato. And if you've met my father, he is super, super Italian. He's 100% Italian. So I didn't really realize that people might think that I am his wife. So now we kind of, now he, you know, introduces me and I, and I will introduce myself as his daughter just to kind of clear the air there. Yeah. I think most people know that, but it's bringing me back to our shop. I don't know that you know this, but obviously Brian and I had the shop, but my mom worked for us and my brother worked for us. So my mom she was kind of our gopher. Like she'd run and get parts. She was our um, customer shuttle driver. We'd send her like to Sam's Club to pick up the snacks for the office area. And my brother, he would do the car washes and vacuums and detailing. And yeah, people would mistake who's with who all the time. One of the things I love in this industry is the family approach, right? There's a lot, a lot of most, I would say, of these shops have family members working in there. So you've been working with your dad. Do you have a tip that you would share for people working with their family? Or maybe there are shops who are considering hiring a family member. What do you think about that? So I'm kind of a anomaly because I've actually worked with both of my parents professionally. When I was working in retail at the retail shop, I hired my mom as a part-time merchandiser. I would be with her two, three days a week working with her. And then now my transition to the podcast, working with my dad. Just from my own experience, I would say you really have to have open communication and a really strong relationship going into having a working relationship. Uh, My parents and I are extremely close. We've always been very close. So making that transition, think about if I see my parent or my sibling every day when it comes to my professional career, am I going to enjoy that? And, Mm -hmm. And for me, I did. I have and I am. 
So I think as a tip, really kind of see what your relationship is like before you go into business together. Do you have really strong communication where you are able to be honest with each other, have that kind of critical feedback? And also, I would say as a tip, know when to separate the business from mom and dad or brother and sister, because there's so many times where there's such a gray line that you could end up losing a relationship as a mother, father, son, brother, if you are so focused on the business as well. So for me, it has been a very easy transition. I love working with my dad every single day. We communicate all the time, always talking about ideas. We travel together. So him and I, you know, this has made our bond even stronger. And it's really taken our relationship to a different level. That happens when you are working with someone that you are related to. So like of anything, you have to have a strong foundation and a strong relationship. And, you know, a lot of my friends, they always say to me, I can't believe you work with your dad. I can't believe you worked with your mom. There's no way I would do that. I would be able to do that. They drive me nuts. But for me, it's really a huge joy in my life to be able to share my personal life and then also my professional life with my parents that mean the most to me. I love that so much. And you're so right. Oh my gosh. The listening, the communication, because I never had to do this, thank God. But as the boss, as the owner of the company, if if my mom or my brother ever did something that needed attention, I can't even say it. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time even saying it if I had to fuss at my mom, right? <laughs> even though she would tell you that today, I'll, all I do is fuss at her and then it comes naturally. But to be able to say that to a family member, and then the other person has to be able to receive that as well. So you can't just look at how you are in the relationship. You have to look at the other person and how willing they are to have those types of conversations. So here you are, right? A young woman watching your dad starting the podcast. And you know, there's tons of people in this world who are like, oh yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. It is an incredible amount of work. So I'm just curious about the early days, like watching him like starting it and building it. And talk about the early days a little bit. Did you think he was crazy? Are you like, what are you, you're going to start a podcast? Like, that's not a job. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just curious. Like from a daughter standpoint, are you watching him going, yeah, my dad has a podcast. Like <laughs> now it's just this amazing empire, really, truly with all these different podcasts under the network. But tell me about the early days. Eight years ago, podcasts weren't really a thing at all. When he started telling us that he is developing a podcast, you know, we really weren't sure. My family, what is actually a podcast? What do you mean? But I knew his love has always been the automotive industry and the people in it. Also, he loves the microphone. He was a DJ on a radio station in Buffalo when he was younger. And then he became a DJ in Buffalo at the nightclubs, which is actually, side note, how he met my mom. I knew he wanted to kind of marry both of those loves together of audio, sound, and be able to have the industry involved as well. So I really did think, wow, this is the perfect marriage of two passions that he has. 
And I also know my dad and I know that whatever he does, he's going to do it 110%. He will figure anything out. So picking up, I'm just going to build a business around a podcast. That is daunting because people think that you can just hit record and then just hit send, publish, and you're good. And there's really a lot involved to it. And as our podcast continues to grow, we always want to educate the listener and we want the stories to be told through the listener. My dad is a great communicator. He loves talking, but as much as he loves talking, he also loves to listen. So I kind of knew that whatever he was going to do, he was going to figure everything out. And so I kind of sat and watched as he was starting to add sponsorship and then he was adding more shows instead of just once a week. And I I felt like I really wanted to support him in this dream and this passion, which is why I kind of was like, okay, do you want to kind of have me on board editing? I know you need the help. I have no idea what editing even means for a podcast, how you want the sounds and all the sounders and everything. And he said, don't worry, I'll teach you. You know, we became closer as I was editing part time. You know, I would have certain questions about, hey, I heard about this or I learned about that. And we kind of started talking a little bit back and forth. And then coming on full time, I really saw the scope of the work and the professionalism that he has for this podcast. And then going with him in person to these events, it's like he's a celebrity. And I know he will hate me saying that. (laughs) He will hate you saying that. The first couple conferences I went to, people were coming up. I'm so glad I get to meet you in person, Carm. Can I please take a picture with you? Can I take a selfie? It made me very proud as a daughter. It just shows how much passion he has for this industry. I want to thank our friends at RepairPal for making this episode possible. They're on a mission to put trust back in auto repair. You're an honest shop that delivers high quality work and great service, right? Well, millions of consumers looking for mid to major mechanical repair Look for shops like yours in the RepairPal Trusted Network. Contact them to get certified today and receive one month free service at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. Being in the RepairPal Certified Network helped us grow our shop's business and it can help yours too with new customers and a higher ARO. Plus, you don't have to worry anymore about arguing with customers over price because shops in the RepairPal Certified Network are trusted by consumers for being fair priced. Not low priced, fair priced. You have to be in it to win it. So head over to repairpal.com forward slash shops to learn more and set up a call. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. We should have put a disclaimer at the beginning if we had known and say, Carm, you need to have a glass of wine while you're listening to this one. (laughs) So while you're talking, I've jumped over real quick and did a little search because I'm thinking, The first time I did a podcast with Carm, Shop Marketing Pros didn't even exist. It was back in our Five Stones days. I wasn't super involved in the industry. So I started thinking, what 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 were we even doing? And I think that I was at Vision teaching an email marketing class for constant contact. Like, So this would have been between our shop owner days and shop marketing pros. So I was still involved in the industry, just a teeny tiny little bit as a teacher. Somehow I met Carm 
And I was on his podcast in 2015, eight years ago. And it was about social media tips. And I even remember, like you, I was so nervous. I'm like, oh my God. I literally can remember the day. I remember what I was wearing. I remember getting ready to go sit in the office. And Brian was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing a podcast. And I'm telling him who. And he's like, who is that? I had the best time. So, so great. But everybody, you're exactly right. Everybody loves him, but everybody loves you as well. Guilty by association. When you joined like full-time, you're totally like an all-in kind of person. Like you just went all in. You're attending all the events. You're getting involved in different groups and organizations. And for those in women in auto care, she harasses me about being more involved in women in auto care. And I really want to. I really do. Because when we had our shop, um, being involved in the industry and specifically the very earliest days of women in auto care when it was the women's board of the car care council. I was involved in that. But tell us about women in auto care and your involvement in that. The first time I heard about women in auto care was actually when I was on a call with Roxanne at Shopware. <laughs> and she said, Tracy, are you going to women in auto care? And I said, what? I don't, sure, what is that? And so she explained and said, you have you have to go. And at that time, I was still very new trying to get my sea legs under me. I felt extremely nervous to go to an industry event by myself. Thinking about myself, I know I probably come across as a huge extrovert, but I would say I'm really sliced down the middle. When I was in school and growing up, I was probably the shyest girl you have ever met. Speaking in front of a classroom, reading a paragraph, I had so much anxiety about that. But through my professional career, I really came out of my shell as a person. But I still had that little bit of a gut feeling of I'm going to an event, an industry event that I'm brand new to by myself. What is it even going to be like? And I'll tell you, when I went there, it was truly amazing. I still had those butterflies in my stomach. I spoke about it on the podcast that I did about women in auto care. But it was the friendships, the energy of women in the industry, you know, Spoiler alert, it is a male-dominated industry, and it is really nice having and connecting with women in all aspects of the automotive industry. So I do want to get more involved. I can't believe it's already two weeks away from Women in Auto Care for my second time because I feel like that year just flew by. I'm also a part of the Amazing Women in Automotive group that Tiffany Sherrado started. So you and I actually went to their dinner I try to really support really any group that's going to elevate the people in the industry and also the groups that are trying to elevate to bring more women in the industry. Because you can feel like an outsider when you're in a room full of men and you go to a seminar, there's no women there, and you know you get associated with, well, you're here because you're probably someone's wife. That's probably why you're here. You're a spouse. So I really want to have more women join this industry and kind of hear about it through the eyes of of women because that is what's going to be impactful. And that was really one of my main reasons of recording the episode. I was so nervous doing it, but I wanted to do it because I said, you know what, if there's a woman out there that 
is nervous about joining or getting involved, they probably feel the same way I do. And maybe if they hear someone be vulnerable and say, yeah, I was very uncomfortable. I was nervous, but I did it and look what I got from it. Look what I learned and made new connections. So you have to hear it through an honest and transparent person that nothing in life is rainbows and butterflies and it's it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say that you're uncomfortable and that you push through it and look what happened. Uh, so many people, including myself, you get very kind of stuck in your routine, your little box that you've created, and you need to push through and expand. And, and truly, this industry has really opened my eyes to the rest of the country. I mean, I feel like I was maybe in a little bit of a bubble inside of Buffalo, New York. I didn't even think about time zones ever. <laughs> that was one of my pain points coming on full time is, oh my gosh, there are time zones I need to think about with people and really opening my eyes to, there are so many people out there that have similar problems and challenges. And there are people that want to help others. And I've really found that with this industry, that it's a huge support group of people that want to help others and see others succeed. That's sometimes not an easy thing for people is to watch others succeed. And I feel like with the automotive industry, there is such a tight group. It's, it's huge, but at the same time, it's so small. So I want to rewind a little bit on a couple of things that you said. First of all, these time zones drive me bonkers as well. I screw that up on a regular basis. You know, when we were doing just our local work, everything's central time zone. And then you start working. We have clients in like 29 states, I think now. And you go to schedule something. You're like, wait a minute. Oh my gosh. And it's one... East Coast is one, it's just one hour. But I'm like, wait, are we going ahead? Are we going back? Like, I have to, I have to think about the sun rising and I literally have to stop for a minute. And I'm really telling the world just how dumb I am right now, but I have to stop for a minute and go, okay, wait a minute. The sun rises in the east. So they're ahead of us. I have to process this stuff every time. And then I had the biggest aha moment. Thank you, Google Calendar, because when you create, an appointment on your Google Calendar, you can literally tell it the time zone. And then it does all the magic work for you. And we travel all the time. So as we travel, if I didn't do that, it would automatically change the stuff on my calendar. And the states that are split in half of time zones, why are you doing that to us? Okay. So the other thing that you talked about is the whole um, getting involved in the industry as a female. So when Brian asked me to leave my career as an educator. He wanted me to come join him in the business. And then a couple of years passed. And before you know it, I'm the president of the Automotive Service Association of North Carolina. And I remember thinking, oh my God, these men are like so much more experienced. They're so much older than me. They're so mature. They are going to kick me right out of this boardroom. But I remember Ron Pyle and Bill Haas coming all the way to North Carolina from Texas, spending time with Brian and I, because Brian was the mechanical division director and the ASA of North Carolina needed some help. 
we were kind of the up and coming shop owners, super involved in the industry. And so they asked me and I thought, are you crazy? Why would you want me to do that? Like this, I was just mind blown. Like that really doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. But Brian likes to say, do it anyway. It's like a very common phrase of his. We were just on the stage at our church talking to people about leading small groups. And one of the questions was, well, what if you're like nervous or you don't think you're qualified to lead a small group? And he said, do it anyway. (laughs) So I just remember like, okay, I'm just going to do it anyway. And then I started like learning about being on a board of directors and leading a group and all this. And the thing is, it took about 10 minutes of me walking into the room and realizing that I brought garbage into that room. Like you're talking about earlier, the internal dialogue. All the stuff I was telling myself was nothing but lies because the men in that room were very kind, very welcoming. They were curious about what these new young shop owners were going to bring to the table. They were very open to everything. And so I left that first meeting super encouraged and I thought, I think I could do this. So then you go to the next meeting and then you go off to an industry event. And like you said, you walk into a room full of men. Like, what are they going to think about me? They're going to think I don't belong here. Maybe I'm an anomaly, but I think that a lot of times we're the ones holding ourselves back we bring garbage into the room with us that doesn't belong in there. So I love that that you did it anyway. You just went in and you made those connections and those relationships and people just love you. You're, you're charismatic and fun to be around. You bring value. And I think that's the thing. If we walk in doubting ourselves, our confidence is going to be low. It's going to show and people aren't going to trust you. So come in, be friendly. And it just starts with one relationship. Find one person. They're going to end up talking to somebody. Oh, have you met Tracy yet? Like she is so smart and so funny and she's fun to be around. It's that whole law of attraction thing. So good for you. To touch back on what you were saying, Kim, I think too what happens is if we have a couple bad experiences with either men or or women and you know being asian i have really dealt with some racism in my life and you can't let that hold you back from who you are and all the other wonderful people out there and if someone whether it's male or female is going to talk down to you or discriminate against you you have to step back and realize they're not going to change and they are really kind of small-minded. And that's the type of person that they are. And you're not that type of person. And there are so many other people that don't think that way. So that's something too that I've really realized is some bad experiences, they're going to happen to you, whether you're male or female. Don't let those experiences prevent you from using your voice and from pushing you beyond your boundaries and growing as a person. Because if you don't push, you're never going to grow. And so it is intimidating at times to, as a female, walk in and you're the only female there. You have to also think about you're coming in with a different perspective that men don't have. And that's just the difference between male and females. They are going to want your opinion. They, they want your perspective because a lot of times they don't see it the other way. And so 
it has been a huge welcoming with everyone in, in the industry, me coming on board. I can't say enough great things about this industry. And I can honestly see why my dad has spent his career here and that he never wanted to leave because of the people. So we've been talking for a long time, which does not surprise me. I want to end it on a couple of quick, fun little things. So first of all, do you have a favorite episode that you've done? I feel like that's a tough question because they're all my favorite. When I think about what is my day-to-day career, I am able to listen to people from around the country talk about their business, leadership, people skills, communication skills. And that's my day job is listening and learning at the same time. So truly, every episode that I am a part of, that I touch somehow, editing or graphic, it it really has been impactful in, in my life. I have learned a lot through this podcast, through the stories of others. If I have to drill it down, I think the podcast that my dad did about adoption, really a favorite of mine because that was such a departure for him to do. We have been talking about having him do more monologues and he kind of is facing the same imposter syndrome. But I'm an interviewer and I interview guests. Why would someone want to hear about me? You have so many great stories and, and that's what connects people together is finding that common ground. And it was very challenging, I know, for him to do voice that episode because even to this day, he cannot talk about it without crying. He actually, before he released it, he wanted my mom, my brother, and I to listen to it before he published it. And we were all crying in the room together. The feedback that we received, you know, people saying that they have infertility issues, that they are considering adopting, that they are adopted themselves. They didn't know that I was adopted. Some people have also assumed that maybe my mom was is Asian. So that kind of connection beyond the day-to-day is the most impactful part of this job. I listened to it and I remember thinking, I, I want to listen to it again. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go listen to it again. I'm actually going to be flying to Montana tomorrow. I'm going to go download it. All right. Last thing, the bloopers, the funny edits. I remember one time we were finished and we hit stop recording. There were like four of us. We kept talking for like 20 minutes and it was so funny. Oh my gosh, we had the best time and it was so funny. And I remember literally talking about, you should just keep recording all the way through to the very end. Have y'all done just like a whole thing of bloopers? And We really should. It's funny that you say that because I truly feel like every episode, once the recorder is turned off, it just gets even better. At the same time, we've also had guests, you know, when the recorder's off, we start talking about our lives and what's going on in our worlds. And they'll be very honest about a challenge that they're going through, a hard time that they're going through. And they'll really open up on a personal level as well. So both of those funny moments and also someone really wants to connect with you has been amazing. And you're right. We really should keep recording at the end. But most of the time, there are some things that are said that are only between the people on the recording. And that's powerful as well, that the people that we are having on the the podcast and that are in our network and that are in our world, there's 
a huge trust factor that goes in between because they know that they can be honest with us and really say what's on their mind and we keep it between us as all friends do, right? So I'm going to give you the last say. You listen to so much in and about this industry because you are doing the audio for all of these podcasts. What's the number one thing that comes to mind that you want to tell a shop owner that's listening? I feel like it is really about your people. You can have all the correct uh, numbers on paper, standard operating procedures, but if you don't have that buy-in from your team, if you don't have that really tight culture where it's at work and then also out of work, you know, you spend together at work eight hours a day, five days a week, a lot of times even more, are the people that you're surrounding with, are they people that you really do care about, that you care about their future, their success? Are they being fulfilled in their role? Do you have a good communication between everybody? It's so important to have the right people that fit your culture, that fit your vision, and that you have to communicate that because a lot of times employees, they kind of have their own idea. The owner kind of has another idea and they divert and they they spread apart. So the owners that are having really good success are the ones that have that culture built in, that everyone is a team player. They can talk to each other about problems and they also want to pitch in and help each other out at the same time. It really is a family. I mean, your work family is your work family. And It's hard to maintain, but it's something that has to be on the forefront for your business to succeed. You want your employees to feel like they are a part of the big picture, that they they really matter, that their work matters to the business and the community. So that would be my tip is the people in your life, no matter what. Personal, business, you have to focus on your relationships that you have because that's your support system to go through life together. Well, there you go. Y'all have heard it from Tracy, who edits and listens to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands. So all those that you've listened to, and this is what you're pulling as your number one top takeaway. I love it. Tracy, thank you so much for your time today. I've really loved spending time with you. And I just want to remind everyone that we are only one of a few of the podcasts on the Aftermarket Radio Network. So we encourage you to go and give the other ones a listen as well by visiting aftermarketradionetwork.com. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.